What is up, everybody? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy with my buddy Chris Robin at Detroit Beastie, and we are going to recap week three, talk about week four, and hit some other good topics per usual. Got the hang of it now. Got the hang of it now. I was clicking that picture the one time, and it wasn't doing anything, so that makes sense. What is up? Um, yeah, like I said before, uh, talking week three here. Uh Going into week four and hitting some topics here with my buddy Chris. Uh, Chris, what is up, man? How are you doing? Nothing. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I had other things uh, planned on the schedule last week, so thanks for giving me a pass. I know we have a mutual understanding. You send a paycheck. I go live on your show. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, uh, there was no show. Uh, excuse me, there was a show, but I it wasn't was. with you. But guess what? I'm keeping the paycheck. Oh, that's that's good. That's good. We... Uh, we had to make sure that you were going to return. You know, you get a little nervous sometimes when a guy takes a break. Is it going to be a short break, a long-term break, but right back at it? Had uh, Dave Wright and um, Kevin on last time. I know you've been on live streams with Kevin before. Great yeah. guy right there. We uh, we had a good session, but uh, I'm glad you and I can get back at it today. Um, so real, uh, just briefly here, can you talk about um, what you got going on before we dive in? I know you just released a big-time article today. Um, maybe just give us a little bit of an insight there. Yeah, my bread and butter uh, since day one. This article is going on, I believe, five years now. Bottom of the barrel, it's my DFS article. Uh, if you don't know, it's pinned on my my Twitter, at Detroit Beastie. It just goes over some very cheaply owned guys, guys that are going to have low exposure, low owned guys, so where you can you know pick and choose in with your studs. We know we're going to start Patrick Mahomes. We know we're going to start Derek Derek Henry, but we have a salary cap there. Let me help you read bottom of the barrel. It, it's been a huge success, and uh, it, it's honestly my favorite thing that I that I do really ever in terms of reading and writing and and fantasy stuff. It's just such a fun article, and I'm allowed to just do what I want with it in terms of the players I I call the the pictures I put the synopsis on there. I'm able to have complete you know, creative freedom. So, so I run with it and people are, are really loving it. They're sharing it. So who am I to uh, be rude? You know, they say, uh, give the people what they want. And it, I, hopefully you guys want more bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to read it myself. Um, Cause I, I like how you say, Hey, here's your premium shiny Lamar Jackson, or you can have, you know, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, or you go down the list like that. I like how you see the the top of the line, but also where you can get some steals. So it, it is a good article. Um, that I read myself every week. Uh, so um, diving into uh, just a quick week three recap. Just going to go down the list of some more injuries. We know that week two had some really bad ones. You know, we lost uh, Saquon. We lost McCaffrey for a couple weeks. There was a bunch of guys that got banged up. Week three, there was also a lot of injuries. Knock on wood, you know, not as many Intense ones outside of maybe Tariq Cohen with that ACL tear. That was pretty bad. Awful. But, uh, down the list, Jordan Reed had a few injuries. Dallas Goddard with an ankle. Uh, Deshaun Jackson hamstring. Russell Gage and Deontay Johnson both on concussion protocol. Brian Edwards ankle. John Brown calf. Tariq Cohen, we said, with the ACL. Jarek McKinnon's got something going on. Chris Godwin might miss uh, multiple games with a hamstring. Amari Cooper left for a little bit. I think he might be all right. And then Chris Carson, we saw the uh, the alligator uh, roll, uh, roll, one of the um, dirtiest things I've seen in a long time. 
um, from uh, from the Cowboys. Uh, I won't even say the guy's name. I don't want to give him the the time of day. But I don't uh, even know his name. It, it, is he a, yeah. a Nova? He must be, you know, somebody if he was on the field uh, at that portion of the game. So mm-hmm. you don't want to say he's a nobody. He's a pro football player. But yeah. uh, how yeah. awful was that? I mean, that's just unbelievably silly. Yeah. So I mean, having two weeks of a, a, a list of injuries like that, it's it's really important to stay on, you know, I, I released my waiver wire article and there's tons that you can read, but it's important to stay on, on top of those sort of articles and look at your league and see, you know, maybe your team wasn't affected, but some other teams were, and that's where some trade talks can happen. So it's definitely important to be aware of injuries, not just your own injuries um, going into the season. That's it. And if I, if you give me a moment that the toughest one that I think was Tariq Cohen and I, I'm not just saying that because I know you're a Chicago guy. You got the Sox jersey on, but uh, he 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 gets that sweet spot in in, a, in, a, in like in a deep lineup in a deep PPR format. Like him and James White, like those two guys are are, are as good as gold in fantasy mm-hmm. leagues. And when he goes down like that, it, it's awful because he's 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 a good human being. It looks, it seems he's, he's humble. He goes about his business and they give him targets and touches and he flourishes. And it's just, <clears throat> excuse me, awful to see a guy, you know, end his season in such a, a crappy fashion. Real quick here. Um, not a big fan of this guy, but I guess I'll read off his question. It's uh, Anthony from P2W fantasy. Would you trade Mostert for Burkhead and Logan Ryan in IDP dynasty? Chris, you're an IDP guy. What do you, what do you think of that? Absolutely not. Uh, Burkhead, we know what we're, we're getting with Burkhead. Uh, he has one, maybe two of these games a year, but we never know when they're coming. I mean, let's look back at the calendar. You can set your watch that it's going to happen. He had a game just like this last season, and he already had his last week in week three. In terms of Logan Ryan, uh, he's a good kid, a good IDP guy, but more than likely he was a waiver wire ad. So Burkhead and Logan Ryan are waiver wire ads, and you're going to get taken to the cleaners for Mostert, who, if you look, if we look back, was drafted in you know fifth, fifth, sixth round. So you're going to trade, you're going to trade two waiver wire, you're going to receive, excuse me, two waiver wire guys for a fifth, sixth round pick. I wouldn't do it. Mostert could actually be back this weekend. Uh, I'm not counting on it, but he's right around the corner from being back. So absolutely not. I'm keeping Mostert. Yeah, uh, I know Anthony was actually on the Burkhead side of that, so I think he was just throwing that in there. We had a phone conversation about that sort of offer, and uh, he kind of felt bad about it, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, uh, moving forward here, let's look at some uh, top five performances per position, and then we'll look at some of the bottom guys. Uh, May not necessarily be in order for the bottom guys, but, you know, for for running backs and wide receivers with so many guys that got touches – I'm just grabbing guys that are, are, you know, names we expect to see better out of. But looking at the QBs here, I'll read them. Um, I'll read the top five, and then I'll read the the ones that were bad, and I'll let you go first. You just let me know some quick thoughts on either side of it, both sides, whatever you want to do, Chris. Absolutely. QBs down the list here. Patrick Mahomes absolutely destroyed the Ravens defense with 40 points. Uh, number two, Russell Wilson, 36.8. Josh Allen, three, 32.24. Uh, Dak Prescott, number four, 29.48. And then Jared Goff, 28.24 for the top five. And I get those from uh, Fantasy Pros, PPR. Uh, well, obviously not for the quarterbacks, but everything else will be PPR for the players. We play. get it. I understand. Yeah. The bottom of the list here, Daniel Jones, 9.06. Sam Darnold, 972. 
Minshew, 10.2. Jeff Driscoll, 11.44, who's getting benched now. And Dwayne Haskins, 12.16. So, Chris, give me some quick thoughts. And Kevin says that. Uh, Pat Mahomes, <clears throat> Pat Mahomes yeah. absolute stud. I mean, what, what more do you want from Patrick Mahomes? He's, he's the quintessential uh, QB1. Uh, everybody drafted him as such. He's doing exactly what we thought he was going to do. He is an absolute monster stud. Uh, my the most surprising thing I don't want to say surprising, but the most exciting quarterback to me in the top five this past week was Jared Goff. I mean, he, he we know he had we, he can be a good quarterback, a good fantasy quarterback. Excuse me. He, they played the Bills. He racked up 300 y- uh, yards through the air, three touchdowns. It was fantastic. And listen, the Super Bowl season he played terrific. Last season was kind of a wash. Let's say we'll just chalk it up to you know growing pains. I don't know. The kid's still in his early twenties. But hopefully, this is the Jared Goff we see on a consistent basis now, and it, it just excites me. I own Jared Goff in a deep 14-team uh, PPR dynasty, and, and I'm loving what I'm seeing from Goff. I think he's here to stay, and to be honest with you, that team it, it, around him isn't half bad. And he's, But he, when I say not half bad, he's able to, you know, put up games like this on a consistent basis where maybe mm-hmm. they fall behind like they did, you know, in Buffalo or so whatever it takes, Jared Goff is going to be the guy. And I I'm very excited for that Uh, on the, 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 the bottom five kind of guys all to be expected aside from like Minshew, he played on Thursday. Everybody had high hopes for him. He didn't do much. He absolutely, you know, hammered our, our, our lineups early, you know, uh, and taking a, taking low points like that as at the quarterback position on a Thursday just sets you up for like a sequence of bummer events, you know, for the week and the weekend. One thing, uh, maybe it's not so surprising, but you know, a lot of people would say Dwayne Haskins isn't a good NFL quarterback. And I don't know how many times, uh, people have to see it before they start jumping ship. And I think everybody's right about there right now. Uh, I don't think he has a much longer in terms of a starting quarterback for Washington. I read an article about 20 minutes ago saying he has a very short leash there now in Washington. So uh, I don't know about you, but I've never owned any portion of him. And it's, uh, it's an awful circumstance if that's your, if that's your quarterback for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Just uh, riding on that train a little bit more. Um, I, I was reading also just some quotes from Rivera saying that, you know, he, Sort along these lines, like he's our guy, but there was always this butt next to it, but you know, and then they'd have some sort of sentence next to it. So I think, I think with Rivera, you know, coming into this team, you know, that's supposed to be their franchise guy. He trades for, you know, his second string quarterback from the previous year. They got a lot of time. I don't think that the timeline for Haskins is going to be much longer. We might be the last start for him this week. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kyle Allen steps in. Alex Smith, I think they're a little hesitant you know, I agree. You know, to throw him on the field. He was uh, inactive the week before, but I wouldn't be surprised if after this week, Kyle Allen is, is named the starter. And you can look at, you know, this Washington team is not good in a lot of different spots. It's not just the quarterback, but at the same time, he does have some nice guys that he could utilize. He has some, you know, receivers that are capable of making some plays. The offensive line isn't like the worst in the league. It's not like the Giants, you know, where Daniel Jones is struggling, to, you know, not to touch every play. But I think he's on his his last uh, wits end here. And uh, on the positive side of things, you know, Mahomes, it's scary to see him do that to the Ravens defense. I, I thought the Ravens defense was, were going to be 
you know, the best defense in the league, in my opinion, this year, them are, them are uh, Pittsburgh Steelers um, with maybe Buffalo right underneath. But if he's going to, you know, play with that defense the way he did, you know, under the, under the hand throws of the fullback and he, he's throwing 60 plus yards or whatever it was to Miko Hardman and, and just super comfortable and he's having fun. That's scary for the league. But I also like to continue to see Russell Wilson and Josh Allen continue to be on that, that, MVP race sort of train right now. And yeah. I'm waiting for, you know, the first sign of them slowing down and it's, it's not been there for three uh, straight weeks now. When, and this is, these aren't my words or my own synopsis. Cause they said it a few times, like Brian Greasy mentioned it a few times last night. Uh, when Mahomes gets out of the pocket and they, they, they pressure him and he rolls out like in between the numbers and he just turns and squares his hip and he flings that, but you can't defend that. Right. Yeah. Cause you'll see, you know, Kelsey will, will come up on like a rub or a seam route. Right. And then he'll just plant boom, right in the center of the field turn. And at the same time you have, as I said, you have Pat Mahomes swing out squares, hips, but I mean, any one of the, he hit Sammy Watkins on, on numerous plays like that. Yep. He hit, as I said, he hit Kelsey like that. You can't defend that because at a certain point they have five or six, uh, well, well-rounded offensive individuals on that team and you have to defend them all. And again, I heard them say last night when, uh, they're, they're playing new England next weekend. And, uh, I know Belichick completely took away Waller. Waller didn't do a thing. And he's not going to be able to do that uh, for a Kansas City team who was loaded off Kelsey, Tyreek. I mean, the list goes on. So I'm interested to see how that game breaks out. You know, maybe we can talk about this next week. I look forward to that. Yeah. But what's Belichick going to do? You take away Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. You have Hardman and Robinson, and I, the list just goes on. So yep. that team is is crazy. And uh, you know, I don't think it's it, it'd be weird for me to say. Uh, Good luck beating them. Do they go sixteen and zero at this rate? Yeah, yeah. I think the only upcoming game that I, in my opinion, I think can challenge them more than the rest of these games is the Bills, just because the Bills got that good defense and, and their offense is very explosive right now. So that's a team I could see maybe challenging them, but challenging and beating are two very different things. So, um, looking at the running backs here, uh, one through five, we have Camara. 44.7, uh, Rex Burkhead, we just talked about, 34.8, Austin Eckler, my guy, 31.3, James Robinson, 30.9, and then Derrick Henry having a bit of a bounce-back uh, performance at 27. Then on the uh, opposite spectrum of performance, we have Mark Ingram with three points, Leonard Fournette with 4.2, Joshua Kelly with 5.2, Dave Montgomery, 7.4, and Melvin Gordon, 7.8. I think for me, um, the obvious ones that stand out, you know, I'm not going to look too much into Burkhead because James White has some family things going on. Capitalized very well on, you know, him be, being uh, out for that. But uh, James Robinson is going to be a guy that I think is going to go off again this week because it's the Bengals defense. And I think – He's a guy this year that if you plugged him into your lineup, you're doing you're doing well right now. I, I, I mean, he was a waiver guy. Nobody drafted him unless you're in a deep dynasty league. Because even in my dynasty leagues, he went undrafted because he was undrafted for the Jaguars, and they still had Leonard Fournette at, at you know at the time. So I do like the way that he's trending right now, and he's getting a ridiculous amount of touches. Um, nice to see Austin Eckler connect with um, Justin Herbert because we didn't know how that was going to look. You know, with Tyrod Taylor. 
Austin Ecker wasn't looking too good. He wasn't getting the pass catching out of the backfield. With Herbert, I think he had like 11 catches. That's awesome. Um, opposite spectrum here. The main thing I'm taking away from, from these guys is, uh, for me, Mark Ingram just shows that you can't you can't trust any of the the Baltimore backs right now. Um, they're getting they're all getting too many touches between him, J.K. Dobbins, and uh, Gus. They're all, they're all touching the ball too much right now. And uh, with Mark Ingram supposedly being their guy um, going into the year, at least uh, it's it's not looking too good for fantasy. If they run the ball sixty times in a game, it's probably still not looking good for fantasy. So th- those are my just quick takes on running backs. Uh, the one, the one person I want to hit home and I'll hammer him home if I have to Austin Eckler, uh, this guy was a monster in week three, you know, he had 11 targets and 11 receptions. That is phenomenal. It's outstanding. I don't know how many other verbs I can say, and you alluded to it. The connection between him and Herbert is there. We've seen it. That's everyone was, was iffy when Tyrod was the quarterback. He didn't have a good, you know, week, not, not by Austin Eckler's, uh, you know, where we drafted him, let's say. But if week three is any indication about the rest of the season, then I want any and all uh, shares of Austin Eckler as I can get. He's firmly, absolutely firmly in the RB1 territory, top 10 without a doubt. Uh, J-Rob, I love the kid. I added him. I think I sent a, a photo to my followers uh, last week. Actually, I think it was Friday. I added him off waivers out of nowhere on the 4th, right the beginning of this month. Now Not you're happy. A- not expecting much, and guess what happened on Sunday after the, the late games? I traded J-Rob straight up for Miles Sanders in Philadelphia, and it, it hurt to lose a kid like that because maybe – correct me if I'm wrong here, but when I add a guy like like J-Rob who's just – he's gone nuts. He, he A star was born right in front of yeah. our eyes on Thursday. I feel like, uh, you know, like you nurture him, like he's my baby. And, you know, it, it's weird, you know, trading him. And if you do, the, you know, you want a ton back because your own personal value is just so high on that guy. But to yep. get Miles Sanders back for J-Rob, that's a no-brainer, you know, all day. Will I live to regret it? I don't know. But owning Miles Sanders for J-Rob uh, is fantastic. On the other side of the coin, the five low men, we'll call them, uh, Josh Kelly, who – was played played right next to or behind Austin Eckler. Everybody, uh, you know, touted Kelly up this week. He's the must start. You start have to play. You yep. have to play him. And again, it just goes to show you how uh, wild social media can get. Almost like negligent with the advice, and or almost uh, you know toxic with with the advice and the things people tell you. Josh Kelly didn't do much. As you reading, I have the same notes you do. He put up 5.2 points, and as you said, that, that's full PPR, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. uh, Austin Eckler is the guy there. Josh Kelly's going to come out. He's going to sell a, a, one or two series you know, in the game, but you can't start uh, Josh Kelly in an RB spot. He's basically hanging on to a flex role, like, you know, and even I would be a little apprehensive to do that. So uh, – and, and one more guy I want to mention, or two more, David Montgomery and Melvin Gordon. I wouldn't sweat that. You know, brighter days are ahead. Uh, as we said, unfortunately, with, with Cohen going down, uh, DeMont will, I believe, become the, you know, the workhorse there. He had, what did, how many carries did he have last year? You're, you're the Chicago guy. 242, 243. Yep. Yep. So th- the guy can do it. This is a sophomore season. Let's take the kid gloves off of Montgomery and let, let's let him do it. And then in terms of, uh, of Melvin Gordon, the guy's a powerhouse. We know he can be a workhorse. He was uh, in L.A. or excuse me, uh, 
what's what city san diego when they were there just a bad week that's all i chalk it up to so those guys are going to be fine go out and acquire austin eckler if you have the means to do so absolutely yeah with uh, montgomery obviously you know i hate to see when somebody gets injured and you have people right away tweet the you know rising emoji or whatever but he is a good pass catcher and he doesn't get utilized that way because of cohen so now you do have that upside for him and then melvin gordon this week against the jets that's a great matchup to to run down their throats pretty much. So, um, yep, yep. I think you hit it on the head with those guys. Real uh, quick question, if I might. Uh, sure. So, who, just real quick, who is the, the RB2 now in Chicago? So, it's David Montgomery, and who else is on the depth chart? Like, who do you uh, expect as a Chicago guy to see, you know, to get, you know, that backup work in Chicago? In my in my opinion, you know, I, I've heard uh, some guys talk about, like, Null. I think Brian Null, um, yeah. like a second guy. I think Cordell Patterson just becomes a gadget guy used a little bit more where he's going to be catching some passes out of the backfield. He might be getting some random rushing um, touches now, but uh, for me, that's, that's the guy that just gets a little bit of a bump in his touches. Um, I'm not sure if you have a different opinion on that. No, I, to, to be honest with you, I had no opinion. That's why yeah. I was asking you of all the, the, the I's to dot and the T's to cross and this, the, this fantasy stuff that we do, I have yeah. yet to look into the Chicago bears backfield. Yeah, I think it's just going to be him more of a gadget guy, you know, just yeah. sweeps and different things like that. So that's that's what I envision. Um, looking ahead at the wide receivers here, number one, Tyler Lockett, 37 points. Justin Jefferson with 30.5 on a breakout game right there. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen, 30.2. Allen Robinson, 28.3. And then Cedric Wilson of the Cowboys, 27.7. Who? Who did you say? Cedric Wilson. Remember the name. Maybe what? not. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe tonight. But uh, on the other side of it, we got Marquise Brown, 3.3. Edelman, 4.2. Brandon Cooks, 5.3. Slayton, 6.3. And my guy, DJ Moore, uh, 8.5. Um, Chris, what stands out to you either side? Allen Robinson. Uh, again, I'm, I'm sure that's music to your ears. Uh, now, Allen Robinson is a local kid, uh, born and raised right, you know, in Detroit. Uh, I, I could say that uh, he he can play, and it's just fantastic. His the 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 stock market emoji is only going to go up now with Nick Foles at quarterback. Mitch wasn't the guy. A lot, you know, the smart people the, among us, we knew, you know, what's the point in, in having Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback? No offense, Nick, but Nick Foles coming into that offense and, and running that offense is only good news for A-Rob and even Absolutely. Anthony Miller. I know Anthony Miller isn't on the top five or the bottom five, but you saw what both of them did with a full half of Nick Foles at quarterback. So Allen Robinson gets a mass. He's a top 10 uh, wide receiver. He was being drafted as such, you know, over the summer, but you know, with two weeks, people panic pretty quick, three weeks, people panic pretty quick, but bam, he shot back up to that. Uh, Jefferson, hopefully this is, this is signs, the thing to come. I don't think the kid is going to have a hundred, obviously he's not going to have 170 yards and multiple touchdowns every game, but I think we're seeing the benefit, hate it or love it. I think that the case of Jefferson just speaks volumes of the importance of a preseason, you know, week that was week three last Sunday and they had no preseason. So if they played three or four preseason games, we, you know, the math, it all lines up in my head. Yeah, Although I, yeah, I can't, yeah. you know, express it, but uh, 
Jefferson is a guy you want to add. I know I, I've seen him at waiver wire number one, you know, add this week. If you're, you know, in a league where Justin Jefferson is on the waiver wire, I would look for another league to play in. That, I was about that, to say, none, none of my leagues. None of my yeah, leagues. Absolutely not. And uh, real quick, before I go to the bottom five, I want to give Tyler Lockett an apology. I've said it for uh, like a month or so now. Uh, I don't get the the allure of Tyler Lockett. I've never been a big Tyler Lockett guy, and he's making me and anybody else who doubts him uh, pretty silly. And it just happens you have a stud sophomore wide receiver in DK Metcalf, and you have, you know, uh, Russell Wilson is unbelievably good. So Lockett, I apologize, my friend. Uh, hopefully we can come to uh, – better terms in the future on the the bottom five just two guys I want to hit on real quick Hollywood Brown what a disappointment he was last night I think he had uh he was targeted a bunch but he just didn't catch uh very many passes no touchdown I know if you guys remember there was a play where uh Lamar absolutely underthrew him and if he would that was a 75 yard touchdown if you remember what play I'm talking about Hollywood Brown was streaking down the side of the field and yep. I don't know what happened if Lamar, you know, limp wristed it or he didn't, th- he threw off his back foot, but that was a dime touchdown. If it was, you know, on the money, I wouldn't freak out about Hollywood Brown. He's still the man there. Uh, pay no attention to uh, week three, chalk it up as an error. One guy I want to mention again, real quick in the bottom five is Darius Slayton for the giants. Uh guy had a fantastic week one. Everybody was, you know, talking about him, touting him, adding him. And I've long said that Slayton is basically just like a McCole Hardman kind of guy. He's a very boomer bust. And what, what week will it be a, a boom? I don't think it, it, they're few and far between. Let me say that. So it warrants me not, you know, really wanting to own him or, or <clears throat> excuse me, start him. He's better left for DFS formats when the you know matchup based DFS formats in your seasonal league, uh, I wouldn't bother if you own him. I'd try to sell him uh, if you could. I mean, you know, take it easy. Don't don't trade him away for nothing. But uh, we're gonna get a lot of games like this from from Darius Slayton. So it's unfortunate, but uh, well deserved in the bottom five this week, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, kind of similar to what you said about um, Lockett about kind of write, writing him off and not really buying into him or drafting him anywhere. I was the same way about Keenan Allen. And I think I might have been pretty off about that just because now I'm seeing Mike Williams be traditionally banged up. Um, Hunter Henry's doing well at tight end, but seeing Keenan Allen have 19 targets last game shows that Herbert's going to look for him on almost every other place. So he's a guy I wasn't buying into that much, but if he's going to receive even close to 19, if he's going to receive 12 targets a game, that's mm-hmm. So you, you got to roll with that. And, and, and he's a guy I just really wasn't into this, this off season. Um, I'm, the- a, I'm such a huge Herbert fan. Look at, look at what he's doing, you know, two weeks in, not, not, not on the field for, for the city and his team, what he's doing for us, helping us out with Eckler and, yeah. and Allen. So, yep. so God, yeah, love I, the kid. God, I think he, he helps the, uh, the skill players in fantasy for sure. That, that that's what I that's just what I see out of them. Um, on the opposite spectrum here, I think Brandon Cooks is going to be better. I, I really do. I got a feeling he will be because someone's got to connect with Watson, and and I'm not buying into Fuller being a 16 game, you know, high guy for Watson. So I, I still like that. Marquise Brown, I I have mixed feelings about because I just don't think that he's he's doing much right now. I think we saw last year glimpses of him going off and, and, you know, having these connections. But I saw twice during this game, balls be in his hands. He gets hit and the ball is on the ground. So 
I'm not sure if it's a strength thing or what the case is, if it's the delivery of the pass, but he didn't look too good yesterday. Um, and I still do have some faith in DJ Moore, even though Robbie Anderson looks like the guy right now. I think DJ Moore is just too talented. He's too talented not to be good. I'm with you on that one, yes. Uh, tight ends, we'll go through fast here. <clears throat> Going down the list, uh, Jimmy Graham, 24 points. Uh, Croft, 18.4 from the Bills. Ebron, 16.2. Tanyan from the Packers, 16. Kelsey, 14.7. Then on the opposite spectrum here, you would think that these guys might be your top half, but they were towards the bottom. All guys, I won't say their points, but all guys were under six points. But Waller, Chris Herndon, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, and Austin Hooper. Um, for me, uh, just like you said with Allen Robinson, Jimmy Graham, you know, father time, I think he caught – seven some I think he was targeted seven times out of nine when Nick Foles hit the field which shows you that he's going to be part of Nick Foles fan uh plan which is he going to be a guy you're going to plug in your lineup every week I don't know it depends on I wrote this in my article it depends on who you drafted like I had high hopes for Herb Jr. and Chris Herndon they're mm-hmm. both they're both duds this year so if Jimmy Graham is the only guy you know on your waiver wire you might have to pay for him at this point because some guys are just very Austin Hooper too He's had a terrible season, and he's not included into that uh, game plan almost at all. So I think Jimmy Graham could be a guy, if you're in a pinch, he's probably going to be targeted more than these other guys. Um, Crofts got the start over Dawson Knox. I think that's going to be an asterisk for him. Um, On the other side, Darren Waller, we mentioned before, he almost didn't play in this game, so I don't look at this performance as anything more than he probably was very limited and – got shut down because he was limited. Uh, Mark Andrews dropped a, a ball in the end zone. We watched that. Um, he dropped a couple passes. You know, Nick Boyle was the one that came down with the touchdown. But uh, nothing crazy with these guys. I mean, tight ends this year have been so all over the place for me, unless it's Travis Kelsey, Waller on most weeks. Um, Kittle. Kittle's been hurt, so I can't even say Kittle. So it's been so weird for me with tight ends. No doubt. Uh, two guys I want to mention in the – in the top five, one guy's in and one guy's not, but uh, it's the the Buffalo Bills tight ends, Tyler Croft and uh, Dawson Knox. Buffalo has entered that uh, that area where you want and I need any and all pieces from that offense. With Josh Allen playing that way, you know you could do worse with you know with one of those tight ends. Buffalo joins, let's say, you know Kansas City, Seattle. And even, you know, Baltimore as offenses, I don't care how I get it. I just want a piece of that offense. So uh, Croft absolutely is on a waiver wire. Dawson Knox more than likely is on a waiver wire. I would prioritize Knox over, over uh, you know, the, the veteran Croft, but uh, I don't have a problem adding those guys. And in the bottom five, uh, Ingram and Hooper, Hooper isn't even, doesn't even look like he's part of the Cleveland's game plan at all. Yeah, I yeah, Austin Hooper is droppable, absolutely. And uh, he was a guy I talked about all summer that he wasn't wasn't going to live up to the hype, wasn't going to do much because of all the you know the gears uh, you know on that team. And then Evan Ingram, uh, I have no ill will towards him. He's just not a tight end one to me, you know personally. He's had you know I, I correct uh, I think he's he had a three touchdown game last season or even the, the season before. He's just not consistent enough for me 
to start him day in and day out. And it's unfortunate because if you drafted him, I would be willing to bet that's the only tight end you drafted. You drafted Ingram, you're thinking, oh, I got a tight end one, I'm good to go. I would start looking for other options if I was an Evan Ingram owner. Mark Andrews is going to be fine. Just yep. one of them. Just one of them nights. Uh, Baltimore looked flustered, playing the best, the best football team in the world. And uh, Darren Waller will be fine. I, I mentioned it at the open of the broadcast. Bill Belichick uh, made it a point to you know take him out of the game. So Waller will be fine. Herd, Herndon, it's a bummer. The Jets are a bummer. It, it, Adam Gase. Uh, I could see them losing to Denver on Thursday, and, and Gase out of work by uh, Friday. So, yep. Yep. I think that would help, help the likes of a guy like Chris Herndon, who's not being utilized like at all, even with these guys being hurt. I mean, Crowder hurts, Perryman's hurt. I mean, not that I'm naming guys that are world beaters, but still with all these injuries, you're having these guys, Braxton Berrios, you know, stepping up versus Chris Herndon, which is weird. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into our next segment here. I had an article uh, about this. I think it was over the summer. Um, it was called the Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde's of 2019, which basically most of us know the the fairy tale or whatever it is, the, the fictional story, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, we're just saying the good or the bad. So we'll say Dr. Jekyll is the good, I'm pretty sure, right, Chris? Yeah. Mr. Hyde's yeah. the bad guy? All right, all right. I want to make sure I'm not mixing things up here. But let's look into a couple guys here. I got a list of guys, and let's categorize them as rest of season are these guys going to be a Dr. Jekyll or are they going to be a Mr. Hyde? So basically, are we going to see more good rest of the season or more bad instead of the the, the back and forth? So um, I got a couple guys per position here. Uh, I'll read off the two quarterbacks I wrote down and let me know what you think rest of the season. Dr. Jekyll, good. Mr. Hyde, bad rest of the season. Gardner Minshew, yeah. here I'm, I'm going to read this, the, the points. P, uh, not PPR again, but I'm going to read the points straight across from weeks one to three here. So Gardner Minshew, 20.82, 23.46, and 9.2 had a had a dud against the Dolphins. And then Carson Wentz, 13, 12.38, and then 21.5. So Minshew had two pretty good games and then, then a bad one there. And then Carson Wentz has been pretty bad. And then this past week had a little bit better of a game here. So Rest of the season, what do we think about these guys? Well, Gardner Minshew is the the poster boy for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He'll have a good week or two, and then he'll put up a, a clunker like he did on Thursday. So mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I think we're, we're in for more uh, uh, Hyde weeks than we are uh, Dr. Jekyll. Another quarterback, or excuse me, another fantasy player that it's – you're only playing him uh, when the matchup is right, when it when it's a plus matchup, when it's a green matchup, you know, at the bottom half of a, of a defense. He's in Cincinnati this weekend, and Cincinnati does very well against the pass. I think they've given up the, the fifth fewest uh, yards per attempt. So Minshew, excuse me, is in for another bad week on Sunday. And then when it comes to Wentz, he's at San Francisco. Uh, I, I know I'm looking, you know, just for one week, but overall uh, – <clears throat> I, I don't know. What what do we have with, with Carson Wentz? I can't put my I, finger on it. So to be honest with you, I can't answer that question one way or another. I, I'll say he's both. One week he's going to score three, you know, pass for three touchdowns, maybe rush for one. And then he's going to drink that juice and, and become, a, a you know, a monster, a hide, 
you know, and he's been pretty, pretty nasty the last, you know, few weeks. So uh, I'm thinking both of these guys, I'm, you know, I'm looking for other options if I have both quarterbacks. Minshew, it's easier because more than likely you didn't draft him, you know, as your quarterback one, you took him in the late rounds just to, you know, have a backup quarterback or some depth. But with Wentz, he was drafted, you know, his ADP, you know, projected him to be a top 10 overall quarterback. Yeah. And and it's just, it's been unbelievably nasty. And at this point, I think you, you have to have him in your, you have to start him on your roster. uh, If you have no other options, more than likely you don't. And I don't think very many people, you know, would trade for him. And if they do, his value is as low as it can get right now. So we're stuck in this, you know, uh, purgatory of what the heck do we do with Carson Wentz? Yeah, I um I look at their schedule and you know Gardner Minshew, Chargers defense, which is they can make some plays at times. I know they have some guys banged up, but uh, Pittsburgh's down the line, Baltimore's down the line, Chicago's down the line. So he's got some tough games coming up. And then Carson Wentz, the next three matchups in order are San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and then Baltimore. Okay. So I mean. Man, if you if you counted on starting Wentz this year, I mean, I don't blame you because he's been good. He's been good. But with having these bad outings and now you're going to play three of the maybe top five to seven defenses in the league, that's going to be a rough outing for him. Is there any chance we see Jalen Hurts? Yes, I, I think so. And I, on a personal note, I would love to see that. Uh, just, you know, see what this – see what this kid can do. You, they drafted him in the second round, you know, and at the time we're like, why would you do that when you, when you have Carson Wentz and he signed that massive, like $125 million contract, but then you draft a quarterback in the second round and it just, it, it, it didn't sit well with me. So maybe this organization knows something we don't in terms of work ethic, maybe, or, you know, some weird soft tissue injury that we don't know about. So uh, I believe we do see Jalen hurts at some point, but th- there, Philly isn't going to just give up on Wentz, you know, three or four weeks in. So I would would consider uh, Hertz making an appearance, let's say, after their bye week, which I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess like week six or seven. So we, we might see him uh, week eight or later. All right. Going to the running backs here. I got four guys. I'll read you their points over three weeks in order, um, and then we'll go, go through them. I got four. So – David Montgomery, we, we actually talked about him a little bit already, so let's just make it three here. David Johnson, 19.97, 12.6. Todd Gurley, 13.7, 6.1, 15.2. And then the last guy here, I really don't know if he's had a good game, but Joe Mixon, 6.1, 12.6, and 8.5. What, what are we thinking about the uh, category uh, category for these guys here? All three guys are going to be fine. All three guys uh, give me that uh, Dr. Jekyll, you know, vibe. They're going to be fine. Looking at their schedule, uh, David Johnson plays Minnesota this weekend. And even last week, you know, he rushed 13 times. His, his yards per his yards per attempt were awful. It was like 1.8, you know, yards a carry. Uh, his, his longest run was five yards. But uh, this week, as I said, excuse me, versus Minnesota, everything's going to be fine. He's going to get around 2021 total targets and touches. That means, you know, rushing attempts and, Mm -hmm. uh, and receiving work. So David Montgomery is going to be fine. I'm not worried about him. Uh, I love uh, his, you know, 
the, the next few games in his schedule. Uh, Todd Gurley's another guy I'm not worried about. If you look at last week, he had 14 attempts for 80 yards. He, that's five, That's a, at a 5.7-yard uh, clip per uh, rushing attempt, which is pretty, you know, health. That's healthy. And it, it's, he can only do better, you know, at Green Bay. I believe that game's on uh, Sunday night or Monday night. Uh, no, it's, I believe it's uh, Monday night football, Atlanta, or <clears throat> yeah, excuse me, Atlanta's in Green Bay. So Todd's going to be fine. I'm not worried about him. And then Joe Mixon, uh, he's been the biggest letdown so far. He's definitely, if not, he's definitely on my short list of like three guys that have been the biggest, you know, bummer so far. But again, we you have to take anybody that's watching live or, or will listen to this tomorrow or whatever you do, take take what we're saying with a grain of salt because we've only played three weeks. Been no preseason, as I said, in the opening, you know, so we're going into week four. Everything's going to be fine with these guys. They will, you know, start to hit their averages in terms of yardage and, and rushing attempts and all that. The first few weeks, I feel like, you know, coaches in the league have been doing that like as a feel out process. And he gets Jacksonville. I'm talking about uh, Mixon gets Jacksonville this weekend. So what better time than this weekend to just really burst out and make make his owners uh, happy here? David Johnson, um, what I like to read about him was the amount of snaps he's on the field. And, you know, last year with Carlos Hyde pretty much being their running back, he was he was fine. You know, Hyde was in, in games. And obviously we put David Johnson on a separate tier than Carlos Hyde um, from a talent perspective. But I think with David Johnson being on the field that much, um, even if the Texans struggle, I still think he's going to get the touches, especially with you know, Duke Johnson, I think, is still banged up, so he doesn't have to compete with somebody for those uh, those catches. Um, Texans played Jacksonville two times in the next handful of uh, weeks coming up here. Uh, Cleveland, Detroit, so he's got some games where he can get the carries necessary to score um, and, and do well in fantasy. Todd Gurley, I, I didn't like how underutilized he was in the passing game. He's not he's not getting that expected maybe Devonta Freeman um, involvement where he's, you know, catching a couple balls a game, you know, four or five catches a game. Um, but again, look at the schedule, Carolina twice or across a couple weeks here, uh, your Detroit lions, Las Vegas Raiders, you got, you have matchups where Gurley is going to be okay. in. you know, and, and if Atlanta throws the ball 60 times a game, you have to count on them being in the red zone and Todd Gurley in the red zone is the Todd Gurley you want. So Absolutely. I, I think there's some optimism there. Um, and then with Joe Mixon, I think he's the lowest on my list just because looking at Joe Burrow, 36 attempts, 61 attempts, and then 44 attempts across three games. And Joe is <clears throat> not catching Austin Eckler numbers. You know, no. he, he's not he's not catching six, seven passes a game. You know, Gio Bernard is involved in that offense, and Mixon's not very efficient right now, and it's not a team that's looking to get him involved. So, you know, playing Jacksonville, sure, bounce back game for him. But long term, we saw it last year he had – you know, a slow start and then Mixon came back and he was fantasy relevant, but I don't see him being a focal point in this offense right now. I think Joe Burrow being the guy that's going to be slugging the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game, they're more focused on that than getting Mixon involved. So I think he's the lowest on my list. And the thing I will say with these, these guys, if you are rostering them and you're struggling, don't sell them for dirt cheap, right? Because they're going to have those those big games, you know, Gurley's going to have that 20 point game where he scores twice. And, and David Johnson's going to have a game where he catches six balls and scores. So don't give up too early. Like you said, after three weeks of no preseason 
and just yeah. give away these guys. You don't want to just give away running backs. We're still, I believe that we're still early enough in the season where you can trade a guy like Mixon or David Johnson for, uh, the, their value is still there. Let's say if this was week five or six, and we're talking Joe Mixon has put up all these duds, you know, you'd have to sell them at a massive discount. I'm not saying Joe Mixon's, you know, price is still where it was a month or so ago, but it, it, it hasn't dipped much yet just in relation to where we at in the, where we're at, excuse me, in the season already. If that makes any sense. It does complete sense. Let's go to the wide receivers now and, for sake of time, we're going to skip over tight ends right now just because it seems like too many of them are very up and down right now. And you know, I, I think you know the certain guys that we, we have some optimism on, but uh, wide receivers can be a different different beast at times. Um, Cooper Cup, 8 points, 13 points, then 25.7 this past week. I have Marvin Jones Jr., 9.5. 12.3, And then Emmanuel Sanders here, 10.5, I also had Allen Robinson, but we, we talked about him enough. So I think we're, we're fine with him. So let's just look at these three right now. Cooper Cup, Emmanuel Sanders, and Marvin Jones. I would say that's on Marvin for some reason. Marvin's Jones. It's Marvin's Marvin. Jones. Marvin's Jones. Marvin's Jones, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a couple Marvins over here. But, yeah, what, what do you think about these guys? Uh, Kenny G is back and, and, and not in full effect yet. Uh, I read another article, some Lions beat writer, that says the Lions kind of, uh, you know, limited his snap count, you know, his first week back. But, again, guy's a, a top-notch athlete. He's going to be at full steam, uh, forward, full forward ahead on, on Sunday. And that only helps Marvin Jones when you got a guy like uh, Kenny or TJ on the field somewhere. These guys have to be accounted for. And that leaves, you know, Marvin to do his thing. He's a solid wide receiver too on our fantasy teams. And I have no, 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 you know, qualms about not using him or trading for him in terms of, I'm going to lump these next uh, three guys in at, at once cup, a Rob and OBJ. Uh, they all led their team in targets on Sunday. And I don't see much changing uh, this week. All three are wide receiver ones on their team. I have no uh, issue with either one of them. Uh, the only guy I will mention that's kind of, you know, he gets hideish at times is OBJ. It's like he only plays uh, when he wants to. He, he marches to the beat of his own drum. We never know, you know, like, he strikes me as one of those guys who wakes up Sunday, gets to the stadium, they're on the field warming up, and, and he tells the coaches or, or Baker, you know what, I kind of want to have a big game today. Let's make it happen. And then they make it happen for him. If he doesn't speak up, you know, and, and talk like that, you yeah. know, they don't really pay attention to him much. So uh, Cup, A-Rob, and OBJ, they're all uh, Dr. Jekyll, not worried about them. Marvin is Dr. Jekyll. Uh, Sanders is a hide. Uh, he's in Detroit. He only got five targets last week, four receptions. All day and week on social media, Manny Sanders was, he was the it guy. You got to play him with no Michael Thomas. Manny Sanders is going to get 10 targets. And who was it? And he's going to catch 10 targets. It was Elvin Kamara, basically. Yeah, and, and the other guy that stepped up as their wide receiver was Tra Traquan Smith had a good yep. had a good outing, and he did well. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, I guess, just could not handle, I don't know, the absence of their alpha. So similar to Mar Marvin Jones here. Um he can't be the alpha, I don't think. I just, I think he's a good wide receiver. He's very talented. He makes plays. But if he's the alpha, I think he struggles. I think he struggles a little bit. So Penny Galladay coming back, I think if you had Marvin, now you're a little bit more optimistic that he can find some more field space and not have the best coverage on 
um, from the from the defense. That's it, and I <clears throat> I know we'll get to it in a, in a few moments. But in bottom of the barrel, I mentioned Matthew Stafford as he's probably my favorite start this weekend in terms of DFS quarterbacks, and he hasn't you know take this from a guy like me in Detroit, lived here, born and raised. I Stafford hasn't looked right, you know, in the first, you know, few, few games of the season. Right. He's taken a couple, you know, ill-advised sacks, you know, coverage sacks, meaning it was up to him to either throw the ball away or, you know, or just run out of bounds, let's say. And he hasn't looked right. He hasn't been the, the Matthew Stafford we all know and love in, in terms of just chucking the ball and putting up points and stat, stats and all that stuff. But Matthew Stafford is going to find his groove. And hopefully it, it's this Sunday when New Orleans is in town and he can get everybody involved because when Stafford's, you know, on point, he is on point and everybody around him is better for that. So I wouldn't worry one bit about uh, Marvin Jones or anybody else, you know, in that offensive in the, at, in Detroit, excuse me. The only thing um, I will bring up with uh, OBJ here is that this is a new offense, new head coach. And if you were to, if somebody was to ask you what, what's been the big, the big bright spot on this Cleveland offense, what, what would you say? It would be the, the tandem of, of Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb. They're, they, you know, going into, you know, even a month ago, everyone was like, we're, you know, who do I start week if I own both guys, who would I know when to start all the time? Oh. You can safely start both guys. If you own them, you can safely, you know, roster both, or excuse me, start them each week on your team. And and the results have been absolutely phenomenal so far. And I don't, I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. So I, I, I think you, you hit it right on the head of what I was getting at. I just think that that that's, that's the PowerPoint of their offense. And I think going into the season, maybe some guys who were optimistic about OBJ thought, Hey, he's healthy now. He's not banged up. He might be the focal point of this offense as far as airing it out to him. And it's, it's really not the case. It doesn't mean you write them off. It doesn't mean you sell them for, for cheap or drop them or anything drastic like that. But you do, you, you do have to understand that this offense is not Baker to OBJ. It's, it's Kareem Hunt eating his, Nick Chubb eating his. And then depending on that game script, then you're going to involve OBJ and Jarvis Landry. That's, that's just how I see it right now. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but uh, I believe two weeks in a row now, Chubb has scored a rushing touchdown and Hunt has had a receiving touchdown. So that's yep. like, that's the best of both worlds. So again, if you own, you know, Hunt and, and Chubb on your team, you can start both of them on your, on the same roster. And I wouldn't think twice about it. I agree with you right there. Um, for the sake of time here, let's get into our starts of the week and then we'll just see where, uh, you know, what we're looking at for um, time. But uh, a lot, a lot of guys um, to look forward to coming this weekend um, hoping that all the games actually occur. I know there's been a bunch of uh, yeah. things that came out with, uh, you know, the, the Titans and the Vikings and, and COVID-related things. So I, I do hope that we get all the games this weekend in a safe manner. But uh, looking at the QBs first here, who would you say is your start of the week? Matthew Stafford, as I uh, mentioned a few moments ago. Even New Orleans. New Orleans is in town. Uh, New Orleans is ranked 28th uh, against the pass for you know in defensively uh speaking but uh i i hope you know i said this last week about detroit and arizona i was you know very uh adamant about arizona just completely blowing us out and it didn't happen the lions actually won for for christ's sake but stafford this week 
Stafford uh, at home against New Orleans this weekend. Uh, I see a ton of points. Uh, I don't have the over-under in front of me, but I use over-under in my in like tougher start sit to, uh, decisions. And the over-under has to be over 50. And I'll, I'll double-check while you're uh, talking about your quarterback. But Matthew Stafford is a start for me. Uh, I believe that Stafford, his floor on Sunday is 250 yards and, and, and two passing touchdowns. So if you can tell me a guy's floor is 250 and two touchdowns, I'm starting him every day, every day and twice on Sundays. All right. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Uh, my QB that I wrote down was Joe Burrow versus the Jaguars. We saw Fitz Magic last week torch the Jaguars, and uh, Joe Burrow has actually looked very, very good um, for these past uh, – past three weeks he's throwing the ball a lot he he might be in the top three for passing attempts uh, i could be wrong about that but um he looks good and uh seeing a defense get torched um in the previous week and then you see joe burrow has been pretty successful and now he can step in and, and sling the ball he's getting connected with tyler boyd a lot more t higgins had a huge game last week drew sample um wasn't so good last week, but the, the week before looks like he's sinking with Joe Burrow. So I like him versus the, the Jaguars this week, and I think he can put up a higher number than uh, some of our top quarterbacks for this week. I, I agree 100%. I couldn't have said it better. Uh, with the, the running backs, uh, mine that I took, I wrote down Dalvin Cook versus the Texans. Um, Houston has been one of the worst against the run. I think they're in the bottom three against the run right now. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, is still, even with Stefanski gone, um, a major, if not the piece of the offense. I mean, the passing game looked a bit better this past week. I know Cousins has struggled, but Dalvin Cook has been, I think he's the RB, he's a top five RB right now, um, maybe four. I could be off by that, uh, but he's he's been hot. He's been hot. And when the Texans struggle against the run and you have Dalvin Cook out there, I think he's going to run the ball a lot and I can see this being a game where he scores potentially twice so um Dalvin Cook is my running back start of the week Chris who do you have for running backs well I I did all these notes and I did all these research uh, all this research before we heard what was going on in Tennessee uh yep. so uh, my start of the week is James Conner you know uh, Pittsburgh's running back and they're going up against Tennessee who's ranked 23rd against the rush but we don't know how it's going to shake out last last I heard before we you know started on this broadcast they might you know leave it and let it go and then maybe play the game Monday we would have another Monday night doubleheader Monday night football doubleheader so if if that game plays James Conner is my start of the week and my backup playing my backup uh, running back this week is Devin Singletary they're playing Las Vegas uh, Las Vegas has looked you know fantastic a lot better than than what we thought yep. what we thought they were but Moss has had some injuries I'm not even 100% sure on his status up to this date you know Tuesday evening but Devin Singletary is uh, is my start of the week a lot he's a co-start of the week along with uh, Pittsburgh's running back James Conner that's good that's good that you have a plan a and then a plan uh plan a two going on right there. That's that's good because we don't know what is going to happen with these games coming up. I'm I'm hoping that they just go into the week and and everybody's kind of. I think that they were keeping people out of the facility. I'm sure that they can find ways to still game plan. Um, maybe a game gets pushed, but um, yeah, I, I I'm sure that they had these plans for what if with the NFL um well before the the season even started. So I, I'm sure things will be, you know, not a not complete. 
go to the chalkboard and make up a new plan out of nowhere sort of thing. So um, wide receivers for the week, which is tough because, I mean, there's so many of them. But uh, who did you take? Well, I have two guys. Uh, as you said moments ago, it's always good to have a backup plan. There you um, go. My first uh, wide receiver start of the week is uh, is Bobby Trees, Robert Woods. Uh, the Rams are are Unlucky. home against the Giants, and the looking at my notes, the Giants are ranked twenty second overall against the run. So, or excuse me, against the pass. So, I have Woods uh, about nine or ten targets. He's going to catch seven or eight of those targets, yep. eighty five. 95 to 100 yards and he will score on Sunday. So Robert Woods is my uh, first wide receiver start of the week. And the second one is we've already touched about it, but it's, he's fantastic. And it's a great uh, uh, story. Let's say Allen Robinson uh, there. Uh, they look good, especially with Foles at quarterback. I accept, I actually, I expect Allen Robinson to get 11 or 12 targets. I mean, he's going to be that highly loose and he's going to catch nine or 10 balls. I got him around. And again, this is all for my gut. This isn't going to be in my projections. My rankings will reflect this, but I have him well over hundred yards, 110, 115 receiving yards and, uh, and a touchdown on Sunday. So Robert Woods and Allen Robinson, my, my co wide receiver starts of the week. I like it. I think Woods might be one of my, uh, personally, one of my most uh, rostered players, just because I, you gotta love a guy who's getting consistently somewhere between oh, yeah. nine and like fourteen targets all the time, and he, and he catches the ball efficiently. So I, you know, I, I love Woods, and uh, that's a good call right there. Um, I wrote down, and this is a little bit of a dart throw here, but I wrote down to Keel Harry from the Patriots versus the Chiefs, and the reason I did that is because week two, when Cam had to throw the ball a lot, he had twelve targets go to Nikhil Harry. Um, Outside of that game, Nikhil Harry's been pretty average, but they also haven't been really throwing the ball as much as other teams. They, you know, this past week we saw Rex Burkhead and Sony Michelle have great games, which surprised pretty much everybody. So I think in a game where you're playing the Chiefs, Cam is going to have to throw the ball a lot. We know, you know, Edelman is a reliable guy, but I think Cam showed us that he does have some trust in Nikhil Harry. We saw on the sideline. That video cam like sliding out of his chair, you know, making a joke. I'm pretty sure Nikhil Harry was the guy next to him. Um, I see a game where Nikhil Harry is targeted somewhere between eight and ten times. And I think if he finds the end zone against the Chiefs, which will be tough, but I think if he does, then he's going to have a nice fantasy week. I agree with you. I, who am I to argue? And that uh, that Cam Newton meme is fantastic. That's the new thank you, Cam Newton, for giving us a new uh, bro. Brah, you know, you yeah. say something stupid and Cam's, you know, slinking out of his chair. So it'll, it'll be, it'll come in clutch maybe a month or two from now, because I think people are over utilizing it right now or, or uh, utilizing it in the, uh, the wrong way. But yeah, that is a good one right there. Um, tight ends, as I said before, hard to judge lately uh, outside of maybe the top few guys. But uh, who did you have for this week for tight ends? Uh, I have Darren Waller as my my tight end start of the week. Uh, like they're, they're going up against Buffalo. Buffalo is ranked 21st overall, you know, against the tight end. Uh, we mentioned it, you know, 30, 40 minutes ago, how uh, Bill Belichick probably had a whole plan and a scheme in place to take Darren Waller away from Derek Carr uh, and his team. But this week, you know, he'll be back. Uh, you know, Buffalo is a good defensive team, but they're at, they're in Vegas. I have Waller for about, or excuse me, uh, New Orleans. I have Waller for about uh, eight or nine receptions, uh, a cool hundred yards, and he will score. I like the call there. Um, 
especially if he, uh, you know, had to take some time this past week to get back to himself. Two weeks ago, he had a ridiculous amount of catches, and uh, I think that's going to be typical Waller, especially with Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs out. I don't, I don't think you're going to rely on throwing the ball to uh, Hunter Renfro and um, uh, Aguilar or you know anything like that on a consistent level. You have Waller, who's going to be their go-to guy. Um, tight end for me, I, I picked a tight end that has a tougher matchup because the Bucks have actually been pretty good against the tight ends over three weeks. And again, we, we both said it before three weeks of football, you don't want to judge how a team's defense or offense or this or that is going to be for the entire season. But the Bucks have been good against tight ends, but I have Hunter Henry versus the Bucks. And the reason I have him is the start of the week for me is, you know, outside of Kelsey and Waller who have a massive target share, his target shares over the, the past three weeks have been eight, eight, and then seven. So when we talk about guys like Evan Ingram and, and Mark Andrews, who we think will be fine, but you, you talk about them and, and Chris Herndon and, you know, a guy like I mentioned before, Irv Smith's not even getting targeted. And, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard, before he got hurt, he was having a hot week and then he was having an okay week. With Hunter Henry, he's having a consistent target share. And um, I, I, I think moving forward, as long as he stays healthy, He's going to be very involved in a passing game from Justin Herbert. So I, I like him against the Bucs, even if, you know, I was reading these asterisks, uh, hey, Bucks are good against tight ends. I, I still will start him this week and be comfortable with it. I love it. So uh, we're right at the hour mark. Um, I think what I want to finish off with is just a quick breakouts or breaks segment here. I'm going to take four wide receivers, Chris. And, okay. um I'll let, you, I'll let you take your pick uh, of two of them, and I'll take the other two. But uh, when I say we did it last week, breakout or breaks. Breakout meaning we think this player is going to break out. He's going to have a good rest of the season. Doesn't mean he's going to be a top five wide receiver. We're going to look at wide receivers. Doesn't mean he's going to be a top five wide receiver, but he's going to be a good fantasy player that you can roster on a consistent basis, we'll say. So that'll be our breakout. Breaks mean – Pump the brakes. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. So um, I'll read you the list. You take two of them. Uh, I have Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Alan Lazard, and Brandon Ayuk. And um, these are all guys that had massive uh, week threes. So out of um, this list of four, let me know the two that you're going to take and, and your stance on them. Yeah, I, I'd love to talk about the two rookies here, Justin Jefferson and uh, T. Higgins in Cincinnati. Okay, all right. What do you think with them? Breakouts uh, or breaks? Uh, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes on both of them, and it's not because I don't like their long-term prospects. It's just, you know, Jefferson did it one week. T. Higgins did it in one week. These kids are rookies. There's still a lot more growth and development to come here. So is is was week three their breakout? No, I'm going to pump the brakes, and they will they will be better as the season you know moves on. But there's plenty plenty more excuse me football left to play. So I, I'm pumping the brakes on both rookie uh, wide receivers. I I, I can um, agree with you uh, on that just because we only saw you know a small sample size right there. I do have a lot of optimism for Jefferson because like you mentioned earlier, short off season. You know, they, they said B.C. Johnson is going to be our wide receiver, too, which, yeah. you know, I never bought into. But I think the fact that, you know, Jefferson had a nine-target sort of game and, and he exploded with it, I think that's good. 
Um, Higgins, you know, you mentioned him a little bit. He had three red zone targets, which, which again, touchdowns in fantasy equals points. Maybe it's six points, whatever your league scoring is. But um, if he's going to be the guy that, you know, Joe Burrow starting to look for first in the end zone, that could be useful, but he also has to compete with some guys. Um, Lazard, the thing with Lazard is I think he's going to be a good flex play. Um, I just don't know, you know, MVS, I wasn't buying into him at all. I, I really wasn't just because we, we saw the hype before and he, you know, had a good game and then he was terrible the rest of the season. This past week, again, he was targeted, but he was bad. So I think Lazard, you know, I talked about him in the offseason with you a little bit, actually. I, I think there's optimism for him. I don't think he's going to be your top 15 sort of guy, but on, on weeks that you need a person to plug into your buy, he might be that guy, especially if Devontae Adams is, is a bit banged up and still going through some stuff. The one guy I'm really pumping the brakes on, though, is uh, another rookie. I, 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 I'm saying it wrong. How do you, I, Ayuk? Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk, yeah. So um, five receptions on eight targets. Uh, he had three carries for a touchdown, so he was almost like that Debo Samuel gadget sort of guy. What, what I want to see, though, is how does he fit into this offense when Kittle is back, when Debo is back, and when Mostert's back, and when Jimmy when Jimmy G's back? You know, we're, we're judging him off of a week where half the team is missing. So before you go and spend, you know, $90 worth of fab on him on a team that really doesn't throw the ball a ton usually, I, I got to see him involved with these other guys. So I'm pumping the brakes big time on him. I, I think you're, you're wise to do that, and we're – we're in lockstep together. I, I love the, you know, the long-term, you know, outlook of Lazard there with or without Devontae Adams. They were, they're Green Bay, even the summer into the fall and where we are now, they've been looking for someone to step up and be that complimentary wide receiver to Devontae Adams. And maybe it, it took, unfortunately, maybe it took a Devontae Adams injury to force the rest of these guys in the lineup to see, you know, targets and touches, to see snaps, to see which guy is going to, you know, differentiate themselves from the other guy. And Alan Lazard has done that. Absolutely. So uh, I think Lazard is a full breakout and I'm most definitely pumping the brakes on Ayuk. He's got 11 targets through, uh, through three games. That's kind of soft. You know, you, if you look at some of, you know, the higher end uh, uh, wide receivers, they're getting like eight to 10 targets a game. And Ayuk has only had 11 so far in the season. So I'm pumping the brakes with him. His long-term prospects are fantastic, just like, you know, Justin Jefferson and T Higgins. But that's the, that's the reason why I'm pumping the brakes. They're young. Uh, let them learn, grow, and develop a little bit more before we, you know, oh, my God, it's a breakout. Yep, I, I agree. And it's important to look at some of the factors of how, how's the team look right now? What's the personnel? You know, who, who's healthy, who's not healthy? Is this a one-week performance? Has this guy's role been increasing? You got to look at these factors because, you know, when you're making your waiver claim, if you don't have fab or if you do have fab, when you're spending your money for the season after three weeks of football, you kind of have to be careful, especially with all these injuries that, that happen. So important to say, hey, is this a breakout? Do we need to chill out a little bit? So, yeah, that's important, I think, week to week with that. So, um, yeah, we'll wrap it up right there for uh, for this segment. Um, Chris, uh this will be on the podcast, so they won't see our mugs on there. So make sure uh, you tell us where we can find you and what you have going on. Yeah, find me on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. Bottom of the barrel is out now. Uh, go check that out. It's a DFS article to help you plug and play those those lower own guys, help your lineup pop in with all the studs we know we should start. Uh, rankings are out uh, later this week.
week on Thursday. You can find those at Fantasy Pros. And uh, I, I will have my my favorite play at each position uh, tomorrow. Graphic cards for each guy, uh, the guys I like the most. So uh, hang in there, hang tight. Find me, as, as I've said on Twitter, at Detroit Beastie. And I welcome any and all conversation and uh, direct messages. Yep, and, and I... Um... I'm full, uh, beh- fully behind you on that. Um, I can contest to that. I know you were a guy early on when I barely had any followers that I could DM and ask questions and link up with. And uh, I think you were one of my first uh, guys that wrote on some articles I had. So uh, yeah, you're, you're you're always behind people with that. And uh, I will say, big big fan of the stuff you put out all the time. You know, there's so much content out there, but uh, there's not a lot. In, there's not a lot of people I can think of that grind as much as you do. So well, thank um, you, my friend. Yeah, de- definitely check out uh, Chris's stuff. Um, if for some reason you're following me and you don't, Chris, make sure you you, you change that. Um, for us, uh, for me, P2W Fantasy, we'll have another article um, out this week. Uh, this will be posted to Apple um, and everything else probably Thursday or Friday and uh, maybe another um, solo stream for uh, something else that we got going on. Um, but other than that, uh, going to wrap it up there. Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks um, for having me. Have a good night, everybody.